Okay, let's begin Parsha's Toldos, Tavshim Pei Beis, as we uh, get into the stories of Yaakov and Esav and um, Yitzchak. We'll talk about a little bit, but we start off with uh, the first Pasuk. The first Pasuk, Ve'elu Toldos, uh, Yitzchak ben Avraham, Avraham Holid es Yitzchak. These are the Toldos uh, of Yitzchak ben Avraham. Rashi adds, Yaakov ve'esav ha'amurim Parsha. Interesting, what's Rashi trying to tell us? That's not for now, but interesting to try to figure out what that first Rashi is telling us. Avraham Holid es Yitzchak. So Rashi already quotes Chazal, and many Parsham are bothered by the double Lashon. What's the double Lashon of Elu told us, Yisrael, but not, these are the told us of Yisrael. Okay, Yaakov and Esav. Here comes the story of Yaakov and Esav. But added first is Avram Holid as Yisrael. What are those four words adding? Right, what is that? Those are totally extra because it could go right into Yisrael was 40 years old and he and Rivka are trying to have a baby. If you look in this first source, Tova Prinim, a contemporary um, Likut, Hashel Yedua, quotes this from the Arugas Habosem. In Mapasik, Balimnos says, told us, Shal Yitzchak, Hayel Alomar, Yaakov Esav. So why does it have Avram Melitus Yitzchak? Venira Lafarish Bederach Remez. A thought that many of us know, uh, but he puts it into this Pasuk. And this message is about Shlemus in our Vodas Hashem. And not just going and focusing on one Midah. But sometimes Hashem calls upon us to focus on opposite Midos. And that ability already starts with the Avos. Venira Lafarish Bederach Remez. Alpima Sha'amru Sifri Hamusur Hakadoshim. Sheikar avodas Hashem he dechilu rechimu. The ikar of avodas Hashem is yira, being fearful. The ikar avodas hayira he bishmiras mitzvahs losase. So the ikar of avodas Hashem on the one hand is yiras Hashem, right? Mitzvah number four in the Rambam's count, and that's reflected by mitzvahs losase, right? Based on the Ramban and Parshas Yisro, that mitzvahs losase not violating God's will. What he doesn't want us to do is flows from the Yeras Hashem. The Iker Avdus Ha'ava, he became Mitzvah Saseh. And the Iker Avoda, reflection of Ava Hashem, loving God, is doing what he wants us to do. What he wants us to do. Right? We have this in other relationships as well. Lahavdil. When it comes to Kibbut Ava'im, there's two Mitzvahs. There's Kibbut Av and Mora Av. Kibbut Av is getting my father a drink and getting him, uh, uh, helping him get dressed, doing things for him not sitting in his chair, not interrupting him, not arguing with him. So that's mora. That's not violating. That's yira. That should be an awe. Different types of yira. But lahavdil, but again, the same thing with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Right? There's avat Hashem and yira Hashem. Asiz and losaseh. That's why the Ramban writes in Parshish Yisrael, asidoch losaseh. Right? Puts, it, puts this hashkafic idea into a halachic context. Asay doch losaseh. Even though just violating a losaseh is worse they're not fulfilling a mitzvah saseh, but when they um, overlap each other, so then I say zochalos saseh. But says now the, the arugas habosem ach becholzos. But even though both of these are true, right? Mitzvah number three on the list after anochi and, and yichud Hashem is av and yira, but they can't be separated. Tzricha hayira lios kalula meava vaava miyira. It has to be a balance and a Connection between the two. We can't just focus on one. Hainu, but mitzvahs lo sad say tzricha lichios gam kim bechinas ava. Even if I'm a yura man, that's more of my outlook on life. I have that approach to avodas Hashem, and there are those people that have the more uh, the whole world is a danger out there, and I have to make sure not to violate, and I have to make sure not to not to uh, you know do things wrong. They have to work on ava. They have to work on the warmth and the love. It can't be a sad and heavy religion. I have the opportunity and I can enjoy that I am a true servant of God. Right? I'm not violating, but oh, it's so amazing to be to be this evid. But the other way too, when I fulfill a mitzvah saseh, it can't just be happy-go-lucky without thinking, without focusing. It has to have to have a tinge of mora, of awe, even with the love. And that's what we learn from these two psukim. Why? Because Avram and Yitzchak, as we know, symbolize these two poles. Avram, of course, Bechinas Ava, as the Pasuk says, Zera Avraham O'avo, Ki Avram Avinu, Ha'isa Rabba. Avaraba, tremendous love. 
And Yitzchak, we'll get to this by the show a little bit later also, in the next source, Yitzchak is Bechina of Yira, Bechina of being Kovesh, sacrificing himself. But that's the Iker Avoda of a person. On the top of the next column, we all have different personalities. Some of us are more laid back and everything's great and wonderful and amazing and sometimes we have to balance that with the mora. And some of us are the opposite. We're more anxious and we're more serious and we're more intense and we have to, you know, let it, uh, let, let things uh, go a little bit and be uh, positive and, and happy and looser. So says the Arugas Habosim, that's this Pasik. Yitzchak ben Avraham and Avraham Olidas Yitzchak. In terms of Midos, and the Zohar um, writes this often, not that I know too many Zohars, but the Zohar often says that people symbolize in the Torah on a deeper level Midos. And Avraham symbolizes Avas Hashem, and Yitzchak symbolizes Yiras Hashem. And each one of them is connected to each other. Yitzchak ben Avraham. Yira is connected to Ava too. Avraham will let us Yitzchak. But the Ava also must lead to Yira as well. And that's the Pasuk. Ve'ela told us Yitzchak ben Avraham. Hamaisim tovim shal Yitzchak. Hayu shehishlim atzmo bebechinas Ava shal Avraham avinu alav shalom. But not only that. Ha'pasuk ma'amshich shalozu b'vad ha'isa todos shal Yitzchak. But even Avraham. Even Avraham. Remember after the Akedah? And maybe, according to some, maybe that was the ultimate Nisayan of Avram Avinu. Why was the Akedah the ultimate Nisayan? And after the Akedah, what does it say? Why? Because maybe that went against his grain. That went against, you know, his essence. And that's why it showed he was a complete and perfect Oved Hashem. Because he had all the different Midos uh, serving Kaddish Baruch with. And again, Yitzchak uh, had to have that in the opposite way, one might say that Yislav was more naturally uh, Yira and Gvura, and he had to be Mashlam himself in the other direction as well, which is possibly why Yislav Gavinu um, mirrored in life uh, his father's life, trying to connect maybe to his father's Midah, which maybe we'll get back to Hashem in, uh, in a couple of minutes. Okay, that's message number one that we learn. We have to try to serve our Kodesh Baruch with all the different Midos that we have, even if they go in opposite directions. Even if they go in opposite directions. As the Pasuk says, the Gemara Brachas Daflam and quotes it, Gilu Birada. Gilu Birada. Right? Be happy with trembling. Gilu Birada. Okay. Related to this is a thought of Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky in source number two. Where Rabbi Yaakov notes probably what we note each and every year. Some years we talk about it, this year we will. Other years we just note it. And that is Yitzchak Avinu gets so little press. So little press. Even last week, right, which is all about founding a wife for Yitzchak, it's, it's Avraham and Evet Avraham. And Evet Avraham. The relationship between Yitzchak and Rivka itself is fascinating. If you think about it, it's not always pointed out. They're the only one of the Avos and the Imahos that only had each other. At all the Avos and the Imahos. Right? Avraham had two. And Yaakov had four. And Yitzchak and Rifa only had each other. And that makes it special. It makes it mysterious. There's no communication between Yitzchak and Rifka in the entire Torah except at the end of the parsha. Katsti b'chayai. There's no other connection. As if Rifka, from the moment that she saw him, she is awed. Right? She She falls off. She covers herself. It's a fascinating relationship to discuss. But we're going to focus on on, on uh, Yitzchak right now. So Yitzchak gets very little press in the Torah, as we know. Lech lecha vayera chayesara is Avraham. Toldos vayetza vayishlach, Yaakov. And then vayesha mikadiga, Yosef. Where's Yitzchak? Yitzchak doesn't get anything. Yitzchak gets parachavav in this week's parsha, and that's it. And uh, even in that parak, he does exactly what his father did. We've noted that before. But Rabbi Yaakov is just focusing on the fact that there's so little discussion. In the Torah Shabbat Shabbat Yitzchak, why is that? Why is that? Hinei afal pisha kol parshas toldos, so veves bi'ikara al toldos chayev shal Yitzchak. Yitzchak's involved in every story in, in the uh, parsha. He's davening for Yaakov and Esav to be born. He digs the wells. And the whole exciting second part of the parsha, right, he's giving the brachos, but it's really a Yaakov and Esav story. Right? Yitzchak is not the main protagonist in that story. 
Right? He's the hechi timsi for the brachos. Mikol makom im naayin nirish abiyachas l'shar ha'avos kitzra hator b'siper chayi yischak. And we know every single letter in the Torah is there to teach us something. As we know, last week sixty plus psukim to find the finding a shidduch. The whole story. Right, what's the message? Yafasikhasan as Rashi quoted last week. Kibot Sipr Chayev Shalavra Mimali Khila Godol Mishalash Parshios Patora Umarika Torah Bachol Prat every detail may avodas avram abrios the sipr kalakorosito Vachinatil Yaakov Yaakov the second half of Bracious. The Torah goes through every one every one of his stories. Right? So many challenges. Yaakov Avinu's life and every one of them is 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 catalogued by the Torah. Remember that Rashi, that that emotional Rashi, I think it's in Parshas Mikates, where Rashi, Rashi says, the, all the tsaris that I've been through, he lists off, tsaris, Yaakov Avinu's life, tsaris, tsaris Lavan, tsaris Esav, tsaris Yosef, tsaris Dina, tsaris, um, Binyamin. So, so many. But every detail is written in the Torah, every story. And here, Yitzchak, and, and Yitzchak, fascinating, he lived longer than either of the other two. Right, he was 180. He lived longer than the other two, and most of his life is not mentioned. He was alive by Mechiris Yosef. We don't hear from him. We don't hear from him. And not only does the Torah do it, the Rambam mirrors the Torah. As we know, the Rambam at the beginning of Hilchas Avodas Kochavim goes through the entire history of Avodah Zarah and monotheism, and he has a long discussion of Avram Avinu. Eitano Ezrachi tells the whole story. He's Marich Ma'od, uh, that he goes, he has the spiritual parade. Halach Me'ir Le'ir, Mimamlacha Lamamlacha, Vahalcha Vahayarevavos. And Yaakov Avinu also gets a couple of lines in the Rambam. Yoshev, Biyeshiva, Umar, Bitz Torah, Fayad Dover Holech, Umizgaber, Bibne Yaakov, Ubenilvim Acharehem, etc. And what does Yitzchak get? One line. That's it. Okay. Yaakov Avinu started the nation. He had the 12 Shratim and Avram Avinu started it. But Yitzchak, so little, so minimal. He wasn't Zohar to be Ma'am Talmidim Harbe, like he says about Avraham, and, and Yaakov spread the, became a nation. So Rabbi Yaakov says, a very, we might call it, Lamaisa approach. A very Lamaisa approach. A very logical idea about why Yitzchak didn't have the Talmidim, and he didn't have the Alafim Verivavos, and why there's not much else to say about him, because he was more a different type of avoda. But as Rabbi Yaakov is going to say at the end, before we even get to this, we need each one of these to be our avos. As the Gemara says in Bracha, Shlosh and Ikru avos. There are three that are called avos because each one represents a certain pole. Yes, as we said in source number one, they each can try to connect and we're mashlim, you know, on a personal level, ava and Europe, but now we're focusing on a different way that each one um, represents a different midah. And those midos resonate with people in different levels. And certain of those midos are, we might call, more popular and resonate more with hamonam. But we need each one of them. It's not about being better or worse, but just being different. The difference in the, in the power of influence of the avos, tali ba'ofan shabohem ishpiyu, <laughs> they each had a different midah. So when Avram Avinu gave a shir and he was going to talk about chesed and avas Hashem and let's have a good meal and Eishel and all these wonderful, amazing, happy things, then a lot of people came to the shir. And Yitzchak Avinu gave a shir about kfishas hayetzer. And Yitzchak gave a shir about, let's talk about the Akedah. It wasn't as popular. He didn't have as many followers. He was a different personality. Different. And we need Yitzchak too. We need Yitzchak too. Regilam anachnu lachshobal Avram Avinu. We think about Avram Avinu. Shepazach has beisol la'archem v'chilek es lachmo. 
Imam, Vaz Kishahodilo, they thanked him, Harlam Ech Lodas Lashem, Babram Afshaze MS. Really, call out Vodas Avram Bolam, I saw you said this all as Puluso at Suma Vakaraso, Amuka, Beshpaz Achetzer, Abudi Boseges, Sheba Barah Hashem Yisbarah Hesolamo. Avramavid was all about Chesed, but you know why? Because he taught everyone else about the Chesed that Hashem does for us. Avramavid's Chesed was a reaction to Hashem's Chesed. Hashem is ultimate Baal Chesed. He created the world, which was the ultimate act of Chesed in history. Who hated, who mated, who yated, lanu. And therefore, Amavinu showed the world Hashem through his own chesed, but that mirrors what, what Hashem does for us. Maase ha chesed sha'asa avra mima brios, simluas maisa chesed shalakadash barchu in briosof. The chesed that Avramavinu did was misamel and represented the chesed that Avram received. Kisharacha ratul hodoslo, when the guests say, Avram, you're so great. Now he says, Hashem's so great. Hashem's so great. He all went back. Skip a couple of lines. And that's what not only Avram Avinu, 4,000 years later, many years later, when was Avram Avinu born? 1948. It's an hour in 5782. So years later, it's the same popular avoda. Slobodka is more popular most generations than Navardic. Right? Focusing on godless ha'adam, focusing on Hashem loves us and chesed. Kemochein Yaakov Avinu, skipping a generation. That also can be appreciated. A knockout cheer, inspiration, understanding great uh, ideas, philosophy. Also popular amongst people. Also a higher authority to, that creates a wonderful system to learn about. Titan Emes Liyakov. And it's truth. It's Emes. You're looking for truth? You found the truth. That's what Yaakov Avinu taught. It might not be as popular as Avram Avinu's, but it's still pretty popular. It has this magnetic pull that many people are interested in. To understand truth, falsehood, values, ethical values, divine values, right? That also is is something that people you know connect to. And then we get to Yitzchak, as we said. Yitzchak was din. Yitzchak was much more serious. You get the feeling. You get the feeling of Yitzchak being this... He's all fire. He's all fire. We can imagine, Beth Hashem, Yimosa Mashiach Chesam Mesim, Amravinu. I mean, oh, they're all going to be shining, but we can't fathom. But you can picture Amravinu. He's giving everybody a hug, and he's all about love. And Yitzchak, you get a much more intense experience. But they're both of our avos. Klomer, Mataras Adam Ali Admus, Hilichius, Koshlave, Chayabato, Hagvulos, Hamuduyakim, Yisluk's about borders, Yisluk's about din, not about compromise. His, he was an Ola. He was an Ola. He never left Eretz Yisrael. His Nagos Mainzem, Misparsemes, Umischaveves, Rakis, Al Eloa, Machanam, Lamashmas, Hamura. That's not for everybody. It's not for everybody to be so focused every second of their life. And and dedicating their lives, so Yitzchak Avinu's avoda wasn't as popular. There's not as many experiences that the Torah felt that, you know, felt the need to express to us. Not because there was any less. Maybe he had more. He had less talmidim. He was, you know, more of a himself, right? From the time of the Akedah till till they, you know, till as we know, till Rivka was brought. We don't have any mention of him. He had one Talmud Muvik, and that was his son, Yaakov Avinu. But Yaakov also was a Talmud of his grandfather. And that's why Yaakov was able to put it together uh, as is described. The Amnam and now Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky finishes up. I might add even before just we finish. And throughout the generations, we get Midos from each of the Avos and different leaders in every generation 
know, reflect different midos. Just in our, you know, recent generation, Rosh Hashanah Oyerbach and Rebel Yashiv of both Gdoli Hadar in our generation, one was more like Yitzchak Avinu, and one was more like Avram Avinu. Rosh Hashanah you hardly saw a picture of him without a smile. Rebel Yashiv, you hardly saw a picture of him with a smile. You hardly saw a picture of him looking at the camera. You want to take a picture of me? That's fine. I'm I'm learning. Right at the uh, they tell the story in um, in the biography. Right when their children got married to each other, and Rabbi Yashiv at ten thirty said, "I have to leave now because he slept four hours a night, ten thirty to two thirty." Then he woke up and he learned until davening, "I have to go now." Or someone's almost like, "We're getting married. The kids are getting married." He's like, "This is what I have to do. This is my seder. I know Mazel Tov. I was here, but now I'm going back because I have these are my gvulos." And we need Rebel Yashiv and we need Rishlom Zalman. We need Avram Avinu, we need Yitzchak Avinu, even in our generation. So says the Emes Lyakov, Amnam calls it Eino Ela Betkufas Ha'avos Atzvam. Avol Bishvil Atido Shalam Yisrael, Bisuso Ka'am. All of these, right, all of these hashpahs come on to our religion. Lo haisa hashpah so sheyisha pchusa yoser. His hashpah into our DNA is no less. As of, as the as the uh, Rabbi Yaakov continues, which is pointed out by others, which midah, if there's anything that Jews have excelled in in the past 2,000 years, it's been Yitzchak Avinu. It's been sacrificing ourselves for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. More than any other nation and more than anything that we've been good at. Maybe we didn't learn enough Torah, maybe we didn't do enough chesed, but we brought enough karbanos. And that's Yitzchak Avinu. So at the time, maybe he didn't have as many Talmidim, but in history, he has many, many Talmidim. As Yaakov ends off, and therefore we have to know, you know, the fact that there's not enough, many psuk, as many psukim about him, you know, that teaches us a message about his life as well. Okay. We continue with a famous Pasuk. Fourth Pasuk, I think we mentioned this before, but we're just going to add on one point to it uh, this year. The children are inside and Rivka is in a lot of pain. Very unusual phrase, fascinating pshatim that we've touched on. Why am I? But Rashi quotes that she, she didn't know. Maybe she didn't think she was having twins. She thought she had a spiritually schizophrenic child because whenever they passed the base of Odazara, right, the child tried to get out and Ashul, the child tried to get out as Rashi quotes the uh, the Medrash, Kishaiso Averes Al Pesach Pischei Torah Shalshem VeEver Yaakov Ratzon Mefarkes Latzes Averes Al Pischei Avodas Elilim Eisam Mefarkes Latzes. So she goes and she's told that there are two nations, not only two people, two nations in her in her um, in her stomach. So as many, I gave you this year from the Chassam Sofer in source number four. The Yitzchak, Yaakov Avinu was trying to get out. He was trying to get out to go to shul to learn Torah. Wasn't he learning with a malach? Why do you want to get out? The Gemara Masechah Nida says there's no better time in one's life. There's no better time in one's life than in utero. Physically and spiritually. It's the best. So why did Yaakov Avinu want to get out? He had, the, he had a great chavrusa. He had a great chavrusa. He had a spiritual chavrusa. He was learning probably as much as he could. So explains the Chassam Sofer, as is quoted here, Yaakov Avinu Amram Lama Tarmi Pimalach Ulam Limud Zehaye Bemechitza's Esav Arasha. You could have a great Chavrusa, but if you're sitting next to Esav in the base Madrash, it's not a good situation. Because the Chavra who we are around have an effect on us. And even if we're learning from a Malach, or from HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself, as we pointed out, the Gemara doesn't say we learn from a Malach. The Gemara says we learn, and then a Malach causes us to forget. The learning maybe is from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Right? So it could be great learning. But if we're sitting next to Esav, that Hashpah Ra has its effect. And says the Chafetz Chaim, based on the Chassam Sofer, how much we have to recognize the importance of our surroundings. We've mentioned notes that in Sefer Eov, Hashem tells the Satan, you can take anything you want from Eov. Just don't touch him. Just don't touch him. Whatever you want. So the Satan takes his money and takes his family 
and takes everything. Takes everything. But he didn't take his friends. Chayshul Levit says, why didn't he just leave them alone? Why didn't the whole safe? Of course, they wouldn't have a safer without that. Okay, you need 40 prakim to have the conversations with his friends. But, you know, why did he leave his, why did he leave his friends? Hashem says, take him, take everything. Just don't touch him himself. Don't kill him. And he explains because friends are a part of us and who we are. And they shape us. And taking his friends would be, would ta- would be taking a part of him also. Because who we are with, our chevra, is so defining for us. And that's why Yaakov wanted to leave Esau's chevra, even though it meant he would lose the chavrusa. Maybe a second answer to this question <laughs> might be, based on that Gemara in Shabbos, I didn't give it to you, but based on that Gemara in Shabbos, when Moshe Rabbeinu goes up to Har Sinai, and the Malachim say, what are you doing here? And I'm here to get the Torah, and Hashem says, he's here to get the Torah, and the Malachim say, no, we want the Torah. What? Don't bring it down. It's ours. And Hashem's, Moshe says, I'm scared. They're going to burn me up with the Hevel Shabbatheim, with the fire. Hashem says, hold on to the Kisya Kavit and answer them. It's like base. Hold on to the Kisya Kavit. And he answers, and he says to all the Malachim, you know, all of the different uh, answers. Does this apply to you? Kavit is v'chav esimecha, lo sirzach, lo sinaf, etc. And the question that all the Malachim, Bali Musser and Bali Agada ask is, what were the Malachim thinking? And what was the answer? What was the answer? So, right, it didn't apply to them. They don't have parents. They didn't go out of Mitzrayim. So one popular answer is that the Malachim wanted to be able to learn Torah. Right, they can learn Torah. They can learn about Kibbutz Aim. They can learn about the Aseris Adibros. So that's what they wanted to do. Isn't life about learning Torah? And what did Hashem answer them? What did Moshe Rabbeinu answer them? Life's not just about learning. The goal of life is about learning while living while being involved, while making it lamaisa, So maybe that's why Yaakov Avinu wanted to get out, because he knew that was the goal. The goal isn't to sit in utero and learn. That's preparation. That's a prusdar for the prusdar, for the ultimate. But this, this, this world, this, 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 this is the goal of life, and maybe that's why Yaakov Avinu was teaching us that, that, you know, being out in the world, that's, that's what life's about. That's what life's about, going out there, making a difference, not just sitting and, and minding my own business. Right? That's the Chassam Sofer himself. Remember that Hakdama to Yoradea where he talks about that was the Galas Avram Avinu. He didn't just sit at home, but he went out and, and made a difference. I think we mentioned in the past, the Gemara tells us in two places that there were four people who never sinned. Four people who never sinned. Yishai, Kilav, Binyamin, and Amram. What do those four people have in common? Four people have in common. The Gemara just says those four people. Those four people are all right next to the person who made a difference in Jewish history. Right? Yishai, David, Kilov, Shlomo, Shlomo's brother, Amra, Moshe, Binyamin, Yosef. Right? So they're all right next to the person who made the difference. What's the message? I heard many years ago from Rabbi Alan Schwartz, Shlita, that maybe the message is because it's, the goal of life is not to be perfect. Not to be perfect. Nobody's going to be perfect. We're all going to have faults. We're all sometimes going to trip up. But if you want to make a difference in life, you have to be out there and make a difference, even though you might not be perfect. You know, to be on the sidelines and minding my own business, then I have a chance to be perfect. I won't step on anybody's toes. I won't get anybody upset at me. But if we're out there, you know, that's, it's not going to be perfect, but that's the goal of life. And maybe that's what Yaakov Avinu felt about being out, out from the, even though he was giving up the Malach. Okay. Chafei Lamed Beis. Let's talk about Esav a little bit. Perach Chafei Pasach Lamed Beis. They grow up and Esav comes back from the field and he's hungry. Of the red stuff. Okay, sell me the Bechora. Was he taking advantage of him? Okay, Kwasha. Esav says, We'll get back to that by the Shem a little bit later. Swear to me today. And he swears to him. 
What does kayom mean? What was the purpose of the shvua? Okay, also a question. But what's that word kayom? Swear to me, kayom. Kayom, Rashi. Kitargumo. Kiyom dilhen. Kayom shehu barur. Just like today, the day is clear, so too I want the sale to be clear. Okay? Sell to me with clarity like the day is clear. Okay? That's how Chazal understand the Pasuk. One question. Let's continue reading. He sells the Bechorah. Yaakov gives him the soup. He eats, he drinks, he gets up. And he hates the Bechorah. He hates the Bechorah. What's the message of telling us that Esav was Mizalzel in the Bechorah? Mizalzel in the Bechorah even after he sells it. We'll get back to the after. But what's the episode of the, the, this story? Esav is ready to give up the Bechorah right away, and Yaakov is ready to buy it right away. So we'll have two or three ideas that connect to each other, all from a little different perspective. Says the Eshtambit, in Source 5, And I think others say this as well. The root difference between a Jew and Umos HaOlam is what's the focus of life? Shagoy mavchin rak Is the focus the here and the now? In terms of meaning, not in terms of money. You know, often you might find people out there that think about money in the future. Everything is about saving up money, but what about values? What about using time? Many others think about the present. If I can't get anything, any benefit from it now, I'm not interested. Right? Eat, drink, and tomorrow we die. But a Jew is always living towards the future. And that's what he quotes, fascinating, from Sifri Chasidus, the Pasuk by Mitzrayim. I will make a separation between my nation and Egypt. Limachar. What's the difference? The attitude of machar. The attitude of tomorrow. The attitude of looking ahead, of preparing ahead. Shachilik ben Am Yisrael Mitzrayim hula machar. Shaparu ikara b'hove. Paru is about right now. Paru is about uh, what's God doing right now. I see. I see in front of me. I see this. I see that. Vimata noach lo shu ragua. And if I if I'm calm now, there's no maka this second. I'm good. who kowes. And if it's if there's a maka going on, I'll get angry. But the second that the maka stops, I'm not thinking about the future. I'm right now. There's no maka because that's right now. Below ichbas lo onche olam above asid shalo. We're not thinking about the future. I'm not Yehudi ikaru haasid, but a Jew is always thinking about the future. Kivin sheyodeya shekal chayav heim begeder pruzder lo olam haba. And even if right now it's a little uncomfortable, I know I'm thinking about the future. That's what my focus is. Remember that Gemara in Tainus, one of the most beautiful lines in all of Shas. Gemara in Tainus in the Choni Ma'agel story, where he's about to go to sleep for 70 years, right? He sees somebody planting a carob tree, and he says, How long is it going to take to grow fruit? He says, 70 years. He says, You think you're going to live that long, old man? He says, No. But when I was born, I found a ready-made carob tree. Just like my grandparents did it for me, I'm doing for my grandchildren. That's an amazing line. And then it goes into, he slept and he woke up and he saw the grandchild uh, taking the fruit. But that's Judaism. That's Yahadus. It's about grand, thinking of grand, uh, grandchildren appreciating their grandparents and grandchildren preparing for their own grandchildren. And that's the H. Talmud's point here about the difference between Yaakov and Esav. And he quotes, interestingly, from the Gemara and Gittin, Kasher Nero na Kesar, when Nero, Nishlach lahachrev ez Yushalayim, when the Caesar was sent to destroy Yushalayim, he said to a child, Psokli psukecha, tell me, what you, well, tell me a Pusik. He was looking for a sign. We had a shear about this last year, about this concept of Psokli psukecha. Is, is it voodoo? Is it like Gora lagra? Amalo atino, v'nasati is dikbasi be'edom yadami Yisrael. Right, I will put, give my revenge. Uh, Edom's gonna get it in the future. God wants to destroy his house. He wants me, he wants to use me. 
Well, yeah, and he's gonna, I'm gonna have to pay for it in the future? No way. No way. And what did he do? He runs away and he converts. Says the Ishtambid, the second that Nero started thinking about the future, he converted. Because that's a simon of a Jew. When you're thinking about La'asid Lavo. Edom, he knows what's going to be. And that's Esav. Right now, what does it do for me? That I'm going to be able to do the Avod in the future? I'm not interested. I don't need that. Feed me. Live in the moment. Again, live in the moment might be something positive. You know, it might say carpe diem. Seize the moment, every moment of one's life. But live only in the moment is not, is not what we, uh, not what we assume. But that is message number one, future versus present. One. Number two, a second related idea. A second related idea from the Drash David. Fascinating. He picks up on the order of the Psukim. Right, what does it say? Yaakov's uh Asaph comes home and says, Could you give me some soup? But Yomer Yaakov, Yaakov Asaph comes home and says, Can you give me some soup? Yaakov says, Okay, sell me the Bakhora. Asaph says, Well, I'm gonna die, why do I need the Bakhora? And he sells it to him and he eats, and then Vayivez Asaph is a Bakhora. This repulsion and aversion to the Bechorah is emphasized dafka after he sells it. Right? You would have thought that would have been earlier. And therefore he says, I don't need it. And therefore, you know, give it away. I'll sell it. Why is it dafka after the whole thing is sold? It reminds us a little bit. Reminds a little bit those who, us who they try to think in Tanakh minds. Could have sounds like like remember the Amnon and the Tamar story, right? Right after Amnon Tamar, Vayisna Sino Gedola, right away, and that's the example given in Perki Yavos for Avasha Tulia Badavar, right? Right afterwards, he hates. So here, right after this, he gives it away. He hates it. Okay, not, it's not an exact marshal. but Vayivez The same word is used by Chazal. Vayivez. Where is it used by Chazal? In a Medrash. And imagine, because the same word is used elsewhere in Megillus Esther. The Pasuk says, if you look on line 18, Vayivez Be'enav, in source 6, in the Drash David, Vayivez Be'enav L'shloch Yad Mordechai Levado. Vayivez. Haman says, oh, I don't want to just kill one Jew. Mordechai is not bowing down to me. No, I'm going to kill all the Jews. Vayivez, the same word. And the Medrash picks up on the connection between the two Vayivez is. Bazui ben Bazui. You're ba- you Bazui, you, you who, right, he said Vayivez and he hated, but he is the hated one. Bazui ben Bazui. What is the connection between the two Vayivez is? Right, Haman and, okay, Haman is from, uh, um, you know, ultimately, maybe all the way from uh, going back to Esav. Okay, but besides biological, what about theological? What is the connection between Esav and Haman? Besides, this, that's the second question. The first question is, why is Vayivez after the sale? And here, what is the connection between Haman and, and um, Esav? Kedei levayar in yinzeh. so he quotes his medrash. Mivur midivri ha-medrash. Sha'ashorish v'hayisod l'machsheves Haman. L'hashmedes ami Yisrael... Haman's thought to destroy the Jews is somehow connected to Esav's disgusting feeling about the Bechorah. As the Torah says, it doesn't first say Vayivez, he hated it and therefore he sold it. It doesn't say that. He was starving. He was starving and therefore he didn't care about it. I don't need it. I don't need it. But he didn't have the vayivas. Maybe he was indifferent. Maybe he was indifferent. I don't want it. But the vayivas only after he sold it. Why? What changed? 
That's not what happened. He started hating it after he sold it. Why? Because he had to justify his actions. And once he sold it, what? If, if somebody makes a really bad deal, there have been really bad deals. There have been, if people think about sports, there have been a, lot, a number of famous, terrible trades by certain sports teams. And they have to explain themselves. Like, what happened? Right? Or a company, or a deal, whatever it is. And it's hard because we have to justify When we make a mistake, we have to justify it. So we, like, create our own reality in order to justify our actions in relationships. You know, I, I mess up in a relationship, so I have to justify myself. Asaph messed up here. He sold the Bukhara. You know how he could justify it? Oh, it's disgusting. What a, what a... What a, this avoda? So vayivez is a result of the mechira because it's justifying his actions. Ratzah lahatzdik es maisav. V'lafichach biza usav amar shachin roi ha'ilavah. Yeah, it was definitely sellable. Definitely sellable, this, this bachora. V'zeo atam shakas v'atorah, that's why he says it afterwards. Himshech ubizo to lachar mikan. Kol zos lahatzdik es mechirasa. See, he says, beautiful. Let's go back to Haman. Why did Haman want to kill everybody? What did the Pesukim say? Originally, Haman did not want to kill everybody because all the other Jews were bowing down to him. He only wanted to kill one Jew. He wanted to kill one Jew. But he thinks to himself, it's pasnished to kill one Jew. How could, I, how could I explain that to the masses? PR was very important for Haman. Very important. Throughout the story, Rabbi Foreman talks about this in his Sefer on, uh, on Megillus Esther. PR was very important in different details of the story. So Haman is worried about the... How can I kill Mordechai? You know what he does? How can he justify his action of killing Haman? Well, the whole, well, the whole religion are terrible people. They're all different than us. They all would throw out the wine that you would touch, Achashverosh. So he justifies his actions... By killing all the Jews, by wanting to kill all the Jews, that's how he justifies his earlier rutzon. Like Esav tries to justify his actions by hating the Bechorah, and that's the Vayivas. Av Haman asher rutzah laharog es Mordechai biglal, she Mordechai bizu v'lo kibdu, bikesh lahashbe laharog laabed es kol ayudim. Ulo chiyach she'en chayem shavim, their lives aren't worth it. Val yidei zeh lahastik es harigaso es Mordechai, this is what he does. What's the message for us? The message for us is we have to be honest with ourselves and not to justify our mistakes. And if we make a mistake, we have to man up to it and recognize and go from there because that's the only way to improve. They don't give me enough COVID. So instead of being you know, just to be knowing Okay. Two more thoughts. Two more thoughts. One is from the Likute Yehoshua. We haven't done that in a few weeks, maybe a few months. Likute Yehoshua is Rabbi Yehoshua Scheinfeld. If you remember from uh, from uh, Lublin and then from uh, from New York, the Likute Yehoshua. So he notes on a pasuk that uh, the Vilna Gon made famous, and we mentioned that years ago. Often we mentioned that in the Haggadah year, and that's the Alai thought. But we're going to say a different thought this uh, this year. Remember, Rivka Imenu. Rivki Imenu is trying to convince Yaakov to go, quote-unquote, steal the brachos, and Yaakov doesn't want to, and he's nervous, and Rivka says, don't worry about it, I'll take the blame. I'll take the blame. And that's the gra, alai, the Rashi Tevis, Esav Lav and Yosef, but let's just take a kipshuto. I'll take the curse. It's on me on me. So why was Rivka, obviously she was pushy because she wanted Yaakov to get the brachos. But maybe there's a deeper idea here that Rivka is is um, is uh, focusing on. Again, years ago we mentioned, again, I was thinking about doing it again, but we did it years ago. Look up that Rehersh. Amazing thought on uh, explaining why didn't Rivka just tell him? Why didn't Rivka just tell Yitzchak? You could say they had a different relationship. But maybe Rav Hirsch said that, that Yitzchak would have said, no, 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 I'm right. No, I'm right. The only way that Rivka could prove to Yitzchak 
that there's a masquerade going on here, that Esav is masquerading, is by showing that Yaakov could also masquerade. And the only way to show that he's being tricked is by tricking him. And that's the only way that he could, uh, he could, uh, she could bring that in. But Likudi Yeshua has a different idea. Says the Rabbi Yeshua Scheinfeld. Wasn't Yaakov giving a good claim? He's nervous. Right, how, this is pikuach nefesh. Maybe Shema Yibemes Yaakov Yitzchak Ba'arma. So he quotes, Ve'isi b'shem chudushi arim. So he quotes from the Gera Rebbe, the chudushi arim. She'kavonas rifka isa levatos kalakoach shel Esav. Olohotsi miyadu koschus ala brachas. Esav, Yaakov bought the brachas, that's true. But Esav has some schuyos also. What does Esav have? Kibadav. He has kibadav. What does he have? He has Mesiris Nefesh right now going and risking his life to capture some animals to bring back food for his father. Rivka wants to counter that. Rivka needs to have Kibar Avaim and Rivka needs Mesiris Nefesh. And that's what she gets by getting Yaakov to do this. Listening to his mother, Kibar Aim. And risking everything. Risking everything. Ukede levatel schusu shel esav. Ratzda rifka sheyakov yamid atzmo besakana. Dafka go besakana like your brother's besakana now. Your brother's in physical sakana. You're in social sakana, emotional sakana. V'yishtadel ala brachas b'mesiris nefesh. And b'mishtadel. You have to be most nefesh. Remember Yitzchak, again a fascinating thought. Yitzchak maybe... For this today, Yitzchak maybe Dafka didn't want to reject Esav. Right? Didn't want. His brother had been rejected and he knew his father didn't want to do that. His father had never wanted. He knew his mother had said, throw him out. Rivka didn't say anything to Yitzchak for whatever reason. Maybe Yitzchak didn't want to, didn't want his, his son to get rejected. So he was focusing. So Rivka was doing what she can to balance. He has Kibbutz of Eim and Mesiris Nefesh. I'm giving you Kibbutz of Eim and Mesiris Nefesh. That's a lie. It's on me. Be Moser Nefesh for me. And in that way, the Koach of Esau will be balanced and you'll be able to be Zochet to the Brachas. Amazing. One final thought. One final thought. It's a whole article that I gave you from Rabbi Lamb. Uh, but we'll just mention it in a word. In a word. Because he has a comment on the entire Parsha. I gave you the date when it was written, December 1st, 1962. It's amazing to look at all these rushes, and they're all online also. If you want to look, look at them on the Rabbi Lamb archives, in the typewriter setting, they're all typewritten. Uh, not typewritten. On the typewriter, you can see they scanned in his, his notes, but it says exactly when they were written, and, and he talks about current events. He's talking about in December 1st, 1962, he talks about how the Cuba crisis and the whole world felt like they were about to, like the world was, was about to end. So he talks about Parshas Toldos. And he says in Parshas Toldos, there are two people who faced death and thought about Yom HaMisa. Thought about Yom HaMisa. I didn't see too many Mepharshim make this connection. Right? Both, the Gemara says in Mesechah's Brachis, right, if somebody's having trouble with their Yetzir Hara, be Margaz Yetzir Tov, and if not, turn Torah, and if not, say Kriyashma, and if not, Yaskir Lo Yom Amisa. There are two people that were, were Zohar Yom Amisa in the Parsha, Esav and Yitzchak. Esav says, Hine Anochi Olech Lamus, Lama Lizeh Bechorah. Yitzchak Avinu, Vahi Ki Zaken Yitzchak Patechene Aina Meros, and he says, So both Yitzchak and Esav start thinking about death. And they have opposite reactions. Opposite reactions. Our Sedra, Rabbi Lamb says on page number six, Our Sedra provides us with a clear contrast between two biblical characters in their reactions to the proximity of the end. They are for us an indication of what death tells us about life. Father and son, Yitzchak and Esav, were both concerned over the finiteness of life. 
both based their lives on the fact that it ends. Both acted out of knowledge that man is mortal and soon must pass on. Yet the same cause resulted in effects that were war- worlds apart. Right? Worlds apart. Yitzchak Avinu says, I don't know when I'm going to die. I need to take care of business as soon as I can. I need to make sure that after I pass on, everything that I would want to occur, occurs. I need the trajectory of the Jewish people to be on target. So I need to use every second. I need to focus on now. Again, this relates to the future present that we mentioned earlier. But life is so short, says Yitzchak, and I am going to die any day now. There is so much left undone. Esav also has that consideration. I'm going to die. But what does he say? Since life is short and must end, who needs or wants the spiritual mission implied by the blessing of the birthright? For Yitzchak, the imminence of death was an incentive to leave a blessing. For Esav, it was a reason to feast on lentils. For Yitzchak, death was a signal to reinforce the spiritual worth of a wayward child. For Esav, it was an excuse for forfeiting a birthright. This is how death clearly defines the essence of personality. By making a man choose between a last blessing and a last fling. And that's what we, that's what we learn from this parsha. And he says in general, the Mishnah tells us, he quotes the Mishnah. Right, remember the Mishnah tells us, Tamid hachamim calls mancha maskinim. Right, and Ami Haaretz calls mancha maskinim. Sometimes we've been out to see him. Masechas kinim. Right, at the end of, uh, at the end of Kachim. So the Mishnah there says, different, uh, Tamil Chachamim have what to do when they get older. Because they view life and they view it as a incentive to, to use every second. And Ami Haaretz use it to, you know, have the other attitude. And he quotes on the next page, on page number seven, he quotes the Mashal of Chafetz Chaim that many are familiar with. Life is like a postcard. Life is like a postcard for those who remember what a postcard is. It's one of those things that you actually write. And uh, when we first begin to write, we use big, broad strokes and fritter away valuable space on empty, tired cliches. How are you? How's the weather? Wish you were here. But as we approach the end of the card and realize that we have not said anything of importance, which we originally intended, we no longer squander our valuable resources of space, but write sparingly in small letters, conserving our language and sticking only to what is truly essential. So it is in life itself. When we suddenly realize that we're approaching the end of the card, we begin to abandon the petty and the trivial and take up only that which we, in accordance with our basic character and our heart of hearts, consider as truly significant and abiding. He also has to quote the Gemara, when David and saw death, he started to sing. started to sing. He started to sing at five different stages of his life. Five or six, all the Baruch Yinafshis. But he sings... Because we recognize the value of every moment and try to use every second that we can. So when we think of Toldos and we think of the two different people who had to confront death, Yitzchak and Esav, Esav is like, what do I need life for? Yitzchak is, how could I get every moment of life to be valuable to me? Rabbi Lamb says it more, but we'll leave it at that. We'll stop here. We will continue next time as we continue here in Safer Bridges.